hello again and welcome back to our Monday morning talks. Um, this week, I have Mark with me and we, uh, we started a new series yesterday. It's called Idle Living and uh, this series is going to be all about uh, the idols that we have in our lives, the things that we worship other than God. And uh, yesterday was just kind of a, a kickoff to the series. I didn't get into any one specific idol, uh, but we were really, the purpose of yesterday was really just to set up like, what is an idol? Yeah. And, uh, and, and the really, dangers. yeah, and the dangers of it. Yeah. So um, we can kick right in. Uh, I know you took some notes. I you did. Said, so uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, you had a lot of quotes yesterday and yeah. they were, I just thought all of them were really spot on, really good quotes. Uh, I thought it was a good kickoff to the whole series. Uh, like the one quote that jumped out at me was that so much sin is rooted in idolatry. And I think you made the comment, maybe all sin. And I actually did read another author who talked about all, all sin has some element of idolatry to it. So I thought that was a great quote. And then some things like there's no such thing as atheism. Mm. Did you say that? Or did I just write that down? Okay. So... Because we're worshiping yeah. beings. And- so, so yeah. So the the stuff about us being worshiping beings and um, and just saying that I think all sin flows from idolatry. That was not a quote. I was just saying that ah, based off of. Well, I was the, quoting you then. Just based off of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah. You know the first two commandments really being rooted in idolatry. I mean that's what they're about. That's why they're uh, first no two. other god before me. And don't fashion any idols. Yeah. Um, but but then I, the second part, which you were just saying, was uh, right. No such thing as atheism. Yeah. Or, now that came from a quote. Okay. Um, that part was was separate. Yeah. So everyone worships something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. And I, and I enjoyed that quote. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, yeah. It, so that was the one from the commencement speech. Oh, okay. So David Foster Wallace, you know, he said, in the day-to-day trenches of life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. Um, the only choice we have is what we worship. So, and then he he just got into, uh, that, that, that was the quote also where he said at the end of that statement, he said, um, whatever it is that you choose to worship or whatever idol other than God will eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was uh, good. And I got to think, I can see where idolizing money would eat you alive. You know, some of these things, some of the things you mentioned. And the one thing I kind of wondered about some people idolize family, idolize their kids or whatever, maybe even their spouse, you know, how would that eat you alive? uh, Idolizing family. Um, you know, an unhealthy obsession would certainly be a part of, I thought of helicopter parents mm. in that regard. Yeah. And just, and you mentioned this quote about where well, you mentioned about aliens who would come and visit and they'd say, little people run your lives. Yeah. You know, and that you, you do see a lot of that. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, two of the things as we were talking about, as you and I were talking about that, that I thought about like one, one of them is, I mean, from from my experience in student ministry um, and being around youth ministry for so long, like 
kids who have been the center of their family's attention for 18 years, when they become young adults, they do not transition into adulthood well. They usually struggle with that. Um, And I think that's some of what happens even in the church. We have so many programs focused on them till they turn 18 and then they go, well, I don't know where I fit in the church anymore. Yeah. Cause now there's nothing that's like all about me or for me, you know? And so I think that's, that's one problem where it starts to, to eat us alive. But another is like empty nest syndrome, you know, parents who've spent years of their marriage, child focused and child centered. And then when their kids leave home, they don't know how to, they don't know how to have a relationship with each other anymore. Yeah. They don't have a social life. Like, yeah, they just don't know how to go on. Yeah. I got to thinking about something I heard Andy Stanley say in a sermon years ago. He talked about, um, as a parent, you still need to be the parent of your kids and not the friend of your kids. And I think there's a big difference there. And I don't know if that's an idle issue there so much. But uh, he said, if you're a friend with your kids, friends will take your side against that teacher. Parents don't. I mean, you know, they'll try to be fair and all this kind of stuff. But when it's child-centered, you're going to make everything, like you said, about them. And you're going to take their side on stuff that not so, not so sure you should. That's getting a little bit off on the point, but uh, you know, sports is a big thing. And and you're in that stage of life now where you're going to want to be at all the kids sporting activities. And my parents didn't go to my sporting activities all the time. They were at most of them. Uh, Part of it because I probably wasn't any good. And I just sat on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why would they come and want to watch that? Yeah. But also it, it kind of sent a message that, you know, you're not going to, you're not the center of our lives and sports is not the center of our lives either. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was the center of my parents' lives. And I think that's the key that I would want all parents to convey to their kids. This is first. Jesus is first. Mm-hmm. And I think most parents want to that are in the church, but uh, just have to be pretty intentional about that. Yeah. It's a weird, I think I even maybe said, I know I did first service. I think I said it in both services yesterday when I mentioned like family stuff, but it's just like this pendulum that I've watched swing. Cause when I was in college around the time I was in college, I remember Doug Fields and Andy Stanley had both written books and talked about how in ministry there's this danger of your family not getting enough priority right. or fam or not getting enough attention sure when you're in ministry and so you know th- they just really emphasize that like your family is more important than the church yeah and um and I think we emphasize that so much for the last 15 20 years that now this pendulum has swung to family is everything family everything yeah and I like, you know, I, when we were talking about like, so Silas is starting T-ball, my son, my older son, and, um, his games are going to be Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, um, for the next month and a half. And, you know, he's just going to know, like, there's two Tuesday nights this month that I won't be at his games. Cause I have elders meetings that night. 
Yeah. And it's just, um, man, I, I think it is good for us to teach our kids that like, you will have, you'll have to prioritize certain things. You'll have to make choices mm-hmm. and you'll have to have commitments to yeah. certain things. So, yeah. Well, another thing that jumped out at me, uh, was the connection between addictions and idolatry. I thought that was good. A good thing to think about, you know, and how that works. And uh, addictions start out like idolatry. They're good things. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of our idols are good things. Yep. They just become too, they become too important to us. More important than God. It came from that, that part came from book. The book's called playing God. And Andy Crouch wrote it. And yeah, he, he, he talks a lot about power and things in his book, but that, that was his statement. He said, addictions begin with essentially good created stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the chemicals he said that become addictive drugs are part of God's good creation. Yeah. Uh, They often have uh, beneficial uses in the right context, but in the throes of addiction, we invest that created stuff with, transcendent expectations he said (laughs) so it's almost like we put these these expectations on those things where they're going to take us yeah how they're going to make us feel um yeah well you think of like addiction to gambling you know there's a there's a rush with that and uh and yet it can ruin your life Addiction, we don't talk about it much in the church, but we probably should. For men, it's pornography. Mm -hmm. I mean, the statistics are astounding on that. And then you can actually become chemically addicted uh, to pornography. And that ruins families, ruins lives. People have lost jobs over stuff like that. So uh, good things that end up eating us alive has that one quote uh, you said. Yep. Um, the the two ways I said it, eating us alive and leaving us feeling empty. Yeah. Cause that was, you know, that was some of where I would, if I had more time with the yesterday sermon, some of what I was going to talk about was appetite. Um, because that feeling empty part, like that's the problem. Like our appetites just grow in idolatry because like the whole, that whole point was, man, these things can never fully satisfy us. Yeah. Only God fully satisfies in an intimate relationship with him. If we're looking for idols to satisfy us, they never will. We'll never right. be able to get enough. Yeah. Uh, we'll just constantly be, you know, indulging. <laughs> yeah. You had another so, quote that went right along with that. Idols take and take. They take more, give less until mm-hmm. they finally demand everything and deliver nothing. And I thought that was, uh, you just had some really good, good quotes, uh, yesterday. Yep. Um, it was a lot more quotes than I'm used to using, but that one was the psychiatrist. He said, idols ask for more and more. They give less and less until eventually they demand everything and give nothing. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's when you hit rock bottom, the alcoholic or gambling addict, whatever. So, uh, I thought your questions at the end were really, I mean, that's the thing. And I'm going to be preaching on wealth in a, in a few weeks here as an idol. 
And one of the things is, how do I know if wealth is an idol for me? Or how do I know if my family's an idol? I mean, we enjoy having money. We enjoy our families and all that. But has it become too much? And I thought your four questions really were right on as far as how we can determine that in our own lives. Yeah. Uh, where do you spend your time? Where do I spend my time? Yeah. Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? And what is always on my mind? Yeah. So, um, uh, the always on my mind thing, I mean, that's where it really kind of gets into that obsession thing, mm-hmm. you know, when I can't kick it when I, and so it's weird. Literally anything can become an idol. So I was actually going to go here with you. Cause if there are, if there is anybody, a young minister who listens to this or watches this, did you ever feel like ministry was becoming an idol oh. for you? Because yeah. when I think about that, that question, and yeah. I really lean into that, like if there's something that keeps me up at night, if there's something that, you know, if I have restless nights or like it's ministry. So, but it's weird because there's like a really fine line there between, well, it's, is that yeah. God though? Or is that, a performance yeah, boy, thing or I'm not sure I could answer that well <laughs> either. Cause I, it's almost like, you know, a, a businessman could make his business his, I, well, the church is kind of our business, you know, and a lot of our identity and our self esteem is wrapped up in how the church is doing. And that, uh, that can't be healthy if it goes too far. Right. It's part of it. It's just natural. But uh, how far is too far? I think I probably crossed the line some at times Yeah, on that. And you get way depressed when things aren't going well, yeah. way high when things are going well. Uh, That's that whole, yeah. you know, you get that that huge adrenaline rush Sunday morning. Yeah. And then that crash Sunday <laughs> night into Monday morning of just like, oh, I got to do this again. Yep. Um, kind of thing. That's so. why... I, I think preaching once a month is about right. You ought to try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it for a while as an associate. So back on those four questions, we talked about this a little bit, but I remember reading once and I used this in a sermon about like on the money thing. And this guy said, show me your checkbook, which today would be more than a checkbook, but show me your checkbook and I'll show you what your God is. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, but time is probably the biggest. Yeah determiner now mm-hmm. I see like t- people have more money than they have time these days so yeah. where are you going to put your time in and i think that's cultural i don't think that's probably true everywhere right. but i just think right. i think where we live yeah time is worshiped maybe more than money now just we our time is so precious and and it's one of the reasons i think we have we struggle to commit to things because yeah. we're constantly protecting like if something better comes along or if yeah. there if there's a better use of my time or so why volunteerism is such a problem in churches now too yeah well or i mean you look at what's happening with our our job situation and people can't find help and mm. some of it and some of it is just tied to there are a lot of people particularly young people. 
um, entering the job force who are going, well, my time is worth more than what you pay me. Yeah. So, yeah, the Protestant work ethic is in great danger in our culture. I, I actually had someone tell me just this last weekend, um, why, why would anybody take a job for less than $30 an hour right now? And that just blew my mind because I was like, dang, uh, I don't think I think my, made that. <laughs> I think, well, I think my first, I think my first ministry might've been fifth, 15,000 a year. And I'm just like, nope. You like you go ahead and break that down. Now when I started, that's ministry, so that been good. that's so far less than <laughs> yeah than thirty dollars an hour. Like yeah. that, I mean. Yeah. So I mean, in some ways, it, it seems like maybe we've lost this sense of like you know working your way <laughs> up to something like that. But I do think yeah. it is, that some of it is tied to our time, and that's what I always said about mission trips. Like you go on a mission trip. And I think the th- the thing that I've noticed people get the most uncomfortable about on those trips is time, because you uh, get in other cultures, and we're we are such result oriented people yeah. that if if things don't go as planned or we're not able to accomplish what we're yeah. there for, people just can't handle that. <laughs> So, or there were times like even on work trip, like in Mexico, where it was just like, we had people on our, on our team that were, had such a hard time going, well, there are way more efficient ways to get this done. Yep. (laughs) And it's just like, well, that's not why we're here. (laughs) We're not here to teach them that this efficient way to accomplish this, but. Well, one more idol that you did not bring up, but I may talk about this in my sermon because uh, we talked about this a little earlier today, is retirement is an idol yeah. for a lot of people. And our culture, just it's almost like retirement has re- replaced heaven for people. That's who we're looking forward to. And, yep. and uh, <clears throat> I, I would spell that idol differently, I-D-L-E. Isn't that clever? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I just think, uh, you're, yeah, (laughs) sorry. No, but I do, I do think that, that retirement and, and you watch people crash and burn in retirement then because it doesn't live up to, you know, if you work, if you work 40 years and you're working for retirement, and it's become an idol. Like it's kind of well, silly. Really. I mean, let's just, I mean, put it to the test of everything else. Like you're going to get into retirement and it's going to leave you feeling empty. Yep. It Retirement cannot satisfy you. Yep. So it, it won't be long before you realize like, Oh my gosh, I spent 40 years yeah. idolizing this and it's just not all that I thought it was going to be. And and the trend in retirement now is away from just you're not just living this uh, luxury lifestyle. You know you have to have some kind of purpose in retirement, and uh, so. But that's it's one of the things you just can't wait. And and I enjoy retirement. Are you retired though? Well, that's. <laughs> It just depends on how you use the word. I always say, I guess, yeah, re- I say, recalibrate. In your context, retirement is just now you get to do 
what you want to do. There's more freedoms. <laughs> and there's it is very nice. And yeah. a lot of people do enjoy their retirement, but there still has to be some kind of purpose. A lot of people volunteer. I hear a lot of people, and they just love the volunteering side. So, uh, so it can be a very productive, God-honoring time of life. Sure. Uh, but to make that your idol for 40 years to get to retirement is just, it's just silly. Mm -hmm. Really? Well, and it's a terrible way to live. Yeah. Hating your job for 40 years because you're going to love retirement that much. Yeah. No. And of course we all know stories of people who retire and six months later they fall over with a heart attack or whatever, or they get (laughs) sick, you know, there's just no guarantees. So, you know, living in the present, yeah, honoring God in the present is uh, still a pretty wise way to live. Yeah, it's biblical. I mean, living for today, not worrying about tomorrow. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited about this series. I mean, yeah. one of the things we did yesterday <clears throat> there were, there were a few things with the way that yesterday went that I think added to the series and that we learned from. Um, we stripped down our worship a little bit yesterday. Um, with a learned learned some things from that, but we did a table that talk table at the talk beginning. Was really good, and I think it was right. cool just to kind of start this the service off with something that kind of got people thinking already about how is our worship even going to tie into this, and yeah, so that was cool to do that, and and I did just get a lot of feedback from people that were just like, man, I'm excited about digging into this, and yeah. So the weird thing is, is I think I warned people yesterday, like, I want this series to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> so for whatever reason, like our people are excited about being made uncomfortable <laughs> this month. People so. like a challenge. <laughs> Anything else? No, I think. Okay. Good series and looking forward to it. Yep. Me too. Well, uh, thanks for joining us and have a good week. <laughs>